Testing, testing, one, two, one, two, testing, testing. So, I finally did it. I have been meaning to start a podcast for the longest time, but <laughs> it's a combination of laziness, not knowing what to do. I thought it was like hella complicated and expensive, so I was like, you know, fuck it, I'm not even going to bother. I have many ideas in my head, many, many topics and stuff like that I've been trying to get through. I write a blog, by the way, I should probably plug my own blog in here, at Black Politic. It's actually meant to be pronounced Politic, not Politic, because it's a Russian word, or is it Cyrillic? I basically stole that from them, because they have a word, Peacenik, and they say Politic a lot as well. So that's where I got that from. And, um, yeah, a lot of people struggle to pronounce it or they think I'm trying to, you know, do a play on words by changing the C to a K. It's not exactly that. It's just a different language. But, you know, if you've been wondering about that, I'll tell you about that. I'm going to link to it in the description. Wow, I'm using that. My first podcast and I'm already linking to description. Anyway, anyway. And um, I'm going to link to my blog, my Twitter blog page as well. So you guys can check that out. I know writing is a bit... For me, I get very, very lazy because the writing, I don't mind. It's just the editing of it because when I write my blogs, I'm, like, normally really, like, frustrated or angry and I'm just ranting. So for me to now edit it, it's just... I just find so long, like, just so long. And a lot of time, like, right now, I have, like, 15, 20... Um, chapters i call them chapters i've written in my blog but i just can't be asked to edit them because i'm lazy and it's just i can't be asked to read it like, like that well i don't have the patience and um a lot of the time also i ramble on a lot i don't know people that know me notice that but my friend is always saying this like oh you love to go on it doesn't say it in a rude way though but he says it just like an endearing way but I tend to do that a lot. Like, once I start thinking about one thing, I start to go, oh, yeah, it's also, like, when this happens. And, yeah, it's also, like, this thing gets so annoying as well. And next thing you know, I'm just talking and talking and talking. So I get that a lot when I write blogs as well. So I have a general topic of I want to write about, I don't know, um, environmental policy or something. But then I start blending into capitalism and social, like, policy and why this person did this and why that person and why everything is just a fraud and I just get so angry and next thing you know the blog is like halfway through and I just abandon it so I should um probably get to what I'm trying to talk about today it's my first episode and I feel like there's no better way to start than on some economics economics slash politics it's a bit of both it's more economics because I think a lot of people don't realize economics is not a science it's just a made-up thing, like like everything else, really, that people try and use to see how it works. And if it works, they go, they do it. If it doesn't work, they don't do it. Sometimes it doesn't work for everyone. They don't really care about that. But selection season, a lot of people talk about how we're going to pay for this and pay for that. And is your manifesto fully costed and stuff like that. So I've been getting really animated. I don't know if some of you that follow me on... Um, I say follow me. I'm not like, you know, like a fan or something. <laughs> I hate when people use that subscribing thing. I like guess very annoying. But um, 
Now, people that have me on Snapchat, they really they know recently, or Twitter, I've been, you know, posting a lot of stuff, a lot of vengeance and anger about when you hear about stuff like, how are we going to pay for this? Oh, Labour wants to have um, this. How are we going to pay for this? Labour want to have that. How are we going to pay for that? And even Labour themselves, I think they're not helping themselves by subscribing to this BS notion of how we're going to pay for stuff. So what I'm going to be doing is just a little, I say little, long or just a, a normal medium length medium length explanation on how government is funded so how does the government get money to fund stuff i know a lot of people always think about taxation when it comes to these issues they're like oh you want to pay for this that means the taxes have to go up and you know we have to think about if you know do we want to pay more taxes i don't want them to increase my taxes by this much and there's a lot of fear mongering going on by the media to be fair because that's why a lot of people don't know stuff because the media are right-wing bastards that don't inform us about anything and just play into this BS right-wing notion of we can't afford stuff. If the media explained this from the jump, which they all know how it works, because a lot of them used to work in politics or do work in politics, they doubles as political analysts and Tory spokespeople a lot of the time, so they know how it works, but they're just trying to, you know, sell nonsense to the public so that's what i'm here to do you know explain to you what's really going on so you have that you know that knowledge you can tell your friends to tell their friends and you can school them so here we go by the way i apologize if i'm talking fast i literally try not to but i just can't help it i feel like i'm talking one word at a time right now <laughs> so i don't know if that's too slow or i'm not too sure but Anyway, here we go. So how is government funded? That's the key question. How can we afford stuff? Now, I wrote something about this on my blog a few months ago. I think it's one of my earlier chapters. Again, I'll link to that in the description in the show notes. Oh, show notes. <laughs> but I know a lot of you don't like reading. I don't like reading myself, to be honest. So I'll explain that again because the blog I wrote about this it was about why we shouldn't be in the single market. I know everyone was, you know, everyone was in love with the EU back then. Oh, we're Europeans and the EU is, you know, the second coming of our Lord and Saviour and all that. We should be in the EU. Brexit is so bad. I don't really have an opinion on Brexit either way. It doesn't really bother me. I mean, I would like us to leave, but not for the same reasons that a lot of people have about, like, immigration and, I don't know, we can't afford this and we don't have the money for that and I don't really care about all of that. The reasons I want us to leave they will never happen so it doesn't matter anyway but um in that blog i was writing about the single market i was talking about the fact that a lot of the countries in the eu spend the euro which is bad for them because the thing you have to understand about government spending is you have to be able to print your own money printing your own money puts you in the best position possible and i'm going to get to why in a minute so if you have countries in the eu like Germany, France, Greece. Some of the countries in the EU don't spend the euro. Like the UK was in the EU and we didn't spend the euro. Some countries have arrangements with the EU like um, Iceland or I forgot the other country now where they have basically the same agreement but they're not in the euro zone or the Schengen free movement area. So they don't spend the euro. That's really the best of both worlds. That's what this country had. We had the best of both worlds in the sense that I say we. It's 12 Nigerian passport. But in the sense that we... When in the EU we had all the benefits, but obviously we didn't spend the euro or have the free movement, which the free movement stuff I'm not really opposed to, so that doesn't really bother me. 
But the problem with not producing your own currency is that you can't spend as much as you want. So imagine, remember when you were younger and you were playing that game. Let's say you were playing you know, those games. I don't know, I grew up in Nigeria, so we used to have this stuff about playing with sand and stuff. And we'd have like sand bundles or stones we use as money. And we'll say, if you want to buy this, we'll make like a fake soup with sand and water. And say, okay, if you want to buy this, it costs you three stones or it costs you this amount of sand, stuff like that. Because the money was make-believe, which is sand, you can, there's no limit to how much you can have. Sand is everywhere. So as a child, you could always afford the soup that your friend was making because you're paying for it in currency that's all around you. You know, just have some sand, you know, make it up. There you go. Or if you say, oh, how much is this going to cost? It's going to cost you, you know, and you just invent a bit of money. And you just, you know, take some paper and say, okay, this is the amount. Just give it to them. You could always do that. Well, surprisingly, as it may seem, I know a lot of people out there that go to uni and, you know, they think they're fake smart. And they're like, oh, but we can't just... You know, money just doesn't come out of thin air and we can't just spend any amount of money we want. We literally can. I know a lot of you don't want to believe it's that simple and you're like, oh, but it doesn't, you know, it can't be that way. We can. If you pr- produce your own currency, that means if you're a currency sovereign, you can spend as much of the money as you want, as long as you're spending that same currency. So if the UK government wanted to spend 10 trillion pounds, as long as they're spending pounds, which is the amount they print, you know, when they say like, I remember Theresa May said about a few years ago, there's no magic money tree. Yes, there is, my friends. It's called the Bank of England. That's where all our currency comes from. Yeah. Our currency is a made up thing. It's just paper with some value that we agree have a value. I think the perfect case in point was when, I don't know if you guys remember, a few years ago, we stopped spending the, the pound um, coins. And just like that, I don't know if you can hear my my finger snapping. Like Just like that, the government said, this coin that we've been using to purchase stuff every day no longer has any value. And now we just don't use it. It was that simple. Now, before that day, where the day where you, you, know, you had to give it in to get the new pounds and stuff, before that day, that money could buy you, I don't know, two rings and chips, if you, you, know, if you spent pounds or what else. You put 10 of them together, I don't know, or five of them together and some change, you buy a Subway. Or, you know, £2, buy McDonald's if you have the voucher, obviously. I don't know why any sucker wouldn't have the voucher. But just after that day, the money had no value anymore. It was just a pointless metal coin. That's how the value of money works. It's literally, and I say the word literally, literally, it's literally made up. There is no intrinsic value to money. You know, the fact that a pound can buy you two wings and chips or a pound, you know, if you go and give it to a bank or give it to someone, they'll give you something worth that it's all a mental exercise a mental game it's a bit like the game i just described we played as we were kids you know using paper as fake money or using sand or stones it's the same thing the only difference is before we used to have trade by barter which is like you give something valuable in return now money is the value within we give in return there's no difference so back to what i was saying about printing printing money so let's say for example how does it work how does the government get funded the government wants to build something. Let's start there. I'm going to make up a scenario right now. So the government said, we're going to pass a law to buy everyone in England, or everyone in the UK, so England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland. They're not, are they in the UK? I don't know, because they always say United Kingdom and Northern Ireland, isn't it? So I'm not sure if they're in the UK or not. I'm not even sure. Anyway, anyway, we start talking about backstops and all that. 
confuse you guys. Anyway, so if the government said we're going to give everyone in the country a pony, we're just going to buy a pony for everyone, literally all 65, 70 million people in the country. There's nothing stopping the government from doing that because we have horses in this country. And as long as you're buying those things in pounds, which the UK government produces, they can buy as many as they want. They can buy a billion if they wanted. The challenge only becomes if you're having to buy it from another country. So let's say you have to buy the ponies from America, which means you have to print your money in pounds, then convert it to dollars and then buy it from America. Then that becomes a problem about, you know, how much we're going to need of it because we have to convert all that money to dollars and because we have be literally buying dollars right now to then buy the horses. But if we were buying the horses in the UK, which is someone selling them in the UK, someone growing them in Suffolk or something, the government can produce an unlimited, and when I say unlimited, I want people to understand me. I mean unlimited literally. They can produce an unlimited amount of their own money. And it was out, you know, people that think they're smart. What about Greece? What about this country? Why didn't they go bankrupt? Why did they have this happen? Those countries go bankrupt because they don't spend their own currency. They spend euros, which they don't produce. Euros is produced by the European Central Bank, ECB for short. That's what happens when you don't borrow in your own currency. You can't produce an unlimited amount of it. So, for example, if when you play that game you were playing as a child, you were using, um, <laughs> I'm Nigerian, so I'll say stock cubes or something as currency, you don't have an unlimited amount of stock cubes. Your mum buys that. So eventually you're going to run out because, again, your mum is the one buying it, not you. Whereas if you're using something you make up like sand or just counting on your fingers and then saying, OK, I'll count it 20. Now I just gave you 20 pounds or Naira if you're Nigerian. Shout out to all my Niger boys out there and girls. Then you can, you know, you're, you can just keep counting on and on and on. When you count 10, that's 10. You count the same amount of fingers again, 20, 30, 40 and so 10 billion if you had enough time. But because if you did it in stock cubes, for example, your mom only has a, a number of stocks at home and she's going to, you know, give you a good whooping if she goes there to make a jollof and she finds out she has no more stock stock cubes left. So because of that, you can't spend, you know, as much as you want. I mean, it's all make-believe anyway. So you could just say one stock cube counts for 20 stock cubes. Again, you could just do that. Obviously, you can't do that in currency because the, the, the Americans are not going to go, well, we'll, take, we'll let $1 be for you know, 20p or something like that, it's going to be what the official exchange rate is, which again is all made up. We're not going to talk about that today. So, now we're talking about spending. So let's say the government wants to spend on any policy. So even if the Conservatives or the Labour Party say, we're going to pay people to, you know, punch the ground until their fingers bleed. Once their fingers bleed, we'll give them a million pounds. They can do that. They can do whatever policy they want. Okay, I'll give you a perfect case in point. In this country, we have benefits, job seekers, disability. What does that come from? Where does that come from? That comes from the idea that the government is saying, just because you haven't got a job, just because you're disabled, just because you're not working, you have a kid, we're going to support you. So you don't, you're not, your income is not zero pounds. We're going to give you money for free or housing. They do that for housing as well. Housing costs money to build. But they're going to say, because you're in a position where you have a child, you need a home, or you're not working, you need a home, you're disabled, you can't work, you need some money, we're going to give you money. So there's a minimum income, if you will. So even if you don't work, I don't know how, how, how they change the rules now, I've never, never been on benefits, not slagging off or anything, but so I don't know how, what the rules are now about it, but 
there's a minimum income in this country. So everyone in this country, for all intents and purposes, could like they, they could literally decide not to work and all get a minimum amount, which is 50-something pounds. I don't know. I don't know. Let me not speculate. I don't know. That money just comes out of thin air. They don't have to do anything for it. And the government doesn't have to strain itself to provide it because they're giving them pounds. Yeah. So the Bank of England prints pounds. So if you go to collect your benefits, you go to the place, it just goes into your account. It's all automatic. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to do anything for it. Because the government makes the money they're giving you. And you're going to spend the money in the UK most likely anyway. You're going to spend the money, you know, at, at Asda, in a supermarket, in a... Asda is in... Um, Asda is not... Um, what do you call it? They're not endorsing or um, sponsoring my podcast, by the way. So I, should, I shouldn't really shout them out, should I? A supermarket. I'm just going to say that. Scratch that. Scratch that. Supermarket. Any supermarket... Or in the market, you know, stuff like that. Because you're going to spend it in the economy anyway. You know, you're going to use it to buy something, which is then going to, you know, all going to get recycled. Because the people that have stuff like, um, you know, the supermarkets or the people in the markets or, I don't know, schools, they're going to they're buy meals and stuff like that. They're going to spend the money anyway. So there's no point of not giving that person the money because the money's just going to go into the whole economy anyway. It's a bit like giving your child the oyster so they tap it. What difference does it make who taps it? Either way, you know, they recognise you're the one using the oyster. You ta- they, The child taps the oyster for you. You get on the bus. Same thing. It doesn't matter if you did it or the child did it or the baby did it. it does, it's all the same thing. You get what I'm saying? So, that's the same thing with the money. Now, let's get into the details. The nitty gritty, if you will. How is government funded? This is how simple it works. Let's say we want to spend $5 billion on primary schools. This is what happens. An MP writes a bill that says we want to spend five billion on secondary schools, hundred million to go towards pens and pencils, one billion to go towards class equipment like um projectors and writing materials, etc. etc. Two billion of that to go to paying the teachers, etc. 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 What wait no, hundred million for security, blah blah blah. They write all the details of the spending in the thing. Then the bill gets presented in the house you put forward the bill then the bill gets voted on by all 650 mps if the bill gets a majority it goes to the house of common house of lords that's the house of commons i just described it goes to the house of lords where they look into the bill they look at it they make some amendments some changes then it goes back to the house of commons the house of commons looks at what the house of lords have done to it then they make their own amendments and then they vote on it again if they vote on it then and it passes the five billion they budgeted to do those things is literally, and again, I'm using the word literally, literally. That money is literally willed into existence. They literally invent it. So once the Treasury or the Bank of England they say, okay, now we're gonna need five billion. So five billion is gonna go into payment. So that means we're gonna pay all the teachers. They have all the teachers' account details and stuff like that. They just add that money to the banks. Now all the banks in this country, they have a an account with the central bank which is the bank of england they just add that money so let's say there's 50 teachers that have um accounts at NatWest, for example and all of their um amounts they're going to pay those people comes up to five hundred thousand pounds all they have to do is just press numbers on the on, on the screen on the computer they add the five hundred thousand pounds to NatWest account with the central bank and NatWest makes that money available to the teachers in their own account, maybe after 30 days or whenever 
that you have to get paid. It's that simple. So they don't actually have to print the paper money because a lot of time they don't need the paper money. The paper money is going to be given to the teachers by the banks if they want to, if they need it, they just withdraw the money from the banks. But the money is actually just added from the central bank on a computer, just type in a number of zeros and the money is invented. All that required was the bill passing, you know, our political process. They didn't need to worry about, oh, how are we going to get that money? Now, the problem of taxation, I'm going to get to that in a minute. Taxation, you should think of as more of a moral exercise and more of a fairness exercise, not really as a barrier to spending. That's the number one thing I want every... If there's one thing you get from this podcast is the fact that we do not need to tax to spend. Let me say that again. We do not need to tax to spend. The government doesn't use tax to fund itself. It's the other way around. The government collects taxes to remove the money out of circulation. And I'm going to say that again for anyone that didn't catch that. The government uses taxation to remove money out of existence. So let's say, for example, we passed a spending bill of five billion. But then if you look at the forecasts from the central bank, they're like inflation is going to, you know, the inflation is going to be quite high this year. Now, again, inflation is not a bad thing because it happens all the time. It's been happening since paper money was invented but let's say we don't want we don't want the leverage of inflation to be two percent so that means the money is going to be two percent more valuable that's literally what inflation means so that means if a pound could buy you something this year next year 98p buys you that thing get what i'm saying so the value of the money has gone up two percent of one pound is two pence yeah so that means this time you only cost you 98p to buy the same thing it cost you a pound last year. That's how inflation works. Now, of course, we don't notice those things because they don't really affect you on the day-to-day scale. Like, how much... I mean, you do notice sometimes when prices of stuff goes up. Like, milk used to be... Um, what's it called? A pound for... for I think it was um, four litres. And now it's about a pound eight, a pound ten. So stuff like that is price-controlled. So, again, there's a lot of mechanisms in place to control... The level of inflation, the level, the level of prices of a lot of stuff as well. Drug prices, we see it with milk, bread, a lot of things. So again, the whole idea that, oh, if we spend this much, you know, all the, you know everything's going to go out of control, inflation, and our money's going to be like um, the Weimar Republic. None of that, none of that. That's not going to happen. And again, the government prints money every day. They don't tell us because they don't need to. It's not even a big deal. They do it all the time. So if you're saying, oh, wow, we, um, something happened, we need... um money to do this and everyone agrees on it that's all it takes for money to be spent agreement nothing more nothing less not complicated maths not complicated physics and science that you know only smart people can figure out because i feel like a lot of the time a lot of people intuitively they know that oh yeah we can just print it but then they think mm, that's that sounds too dumb and obviously they have a lot of fake smart people telling them that oh we can't just do that we can't just print the money oh where are we gonna get the money from and so they start to think, oh, no, no, I was dumb for thinking that. But no, fear not, my friends. You were right the whole time. It's those fake smart people that are dumb. We can just print the money because we do that every day. Spending is about morality, really, and will. So there's nothing stopping us from spending any amount we want on anything, even if it's good or bad. I posted recently a um a screenshot where it said Trump has spent a hundred and... 57 million pounds on or dollars sorry 
on his golfing on golfing and holidays and stuff like that. He's only been in office what three years. Okay, that's a, that's that's a long time. But a hundred and fifty-seven million dollars. Now, if they had said let's spend a hundred and fifty-seven million dollars on children, free school meals or something, you know what people would have said? Where are we gonna get the money from? How can we afford it? But Trump just did that on holidays and golfing. The money is always there. The money is not even an issue because no one even mentioned it, and they shouldn't. Even though Trump is spending on something stupid, and I don't agree with that, I don't think we should be scolding him for that and saying, "How do we get the money for this? He's bankrupt in our country." Because when you say that, you start to set up the right wing notion that somehow we're gonna run out of money, even though it's literally impossible. And again, a lot of even right wing economists know this. All the fear mongering you hear about the deficit and you know our budget is not deficit neutral, which is another thing I'm gonna get to. It's all lies. Even one of the great neoliberal granddaddies, you know, Alan Greenspan, which who was the um he was the US Federal Reserve chair. So basically our version of the governor of um the Bank of England, he said there's nothing stopping the government from because they do it all the time. We do it for, you know, social security and social safety nets. We do it for, you know, unemployment payments. We do it for job seekers, for disability payments. They can do that. The only thing stopping them from doing it is literally having enough votes to pass it. So if I was an MP, I could, again, quite literally propose a bill that says, if you shit in the road, the government will give you £10,000. I could do that. Now, obviously, the chances of that bill passing are next to nothing. I'm not even an MP. So, that bill won't pass. And because of that, we won't have £10,000 to spend on people shitting on the road. Not because we haven't got that money, but because we just didn't have enough bills to pass it in the House of Commons, in Parliament, through the political process. Literally, all we need to be able to spend money is just agreeing on it. So, now we're going to get to the topic of deficit. I hope I've... I'm, like I said, I'm being very literal when I discuss these things with you. I don't want anyone like listening to this and thinking, oh, but yeah, I'm not sure because, you know, it must be harder than that. No, it isn't. I want to get to the topics of deficits in a bit. Shall I do taxation or deficits first? I'm not even sure. Okay, I think I'm going to get to taxation. That, 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 that seems to follow on quite nicely. So I'm going to talk about taxation now. I am... Um, I wasn't sure how to do like a nice transition from one segment to another, so I just stopped recording and started recording again. <laughs> I might add some music later or something like that. But I don't want to do like too many long edits because then I'll start getting lazy. And again, the music is not the um, the key part of this. This is just to inform. So I just want people to listen to it. I mean, you can listen to it if you enjoy listening to the sound of my voice, but it's primarily for, you know, educating people. Now... The problem of taxation, people obviously, people often say, you know, if we have to spend this much, doesn't that mean our taxes will go up by so much and, you know, we won't be able to afford it and everyone will basically be paying all their incomes back in tax and, you know, everyone will be poor and stuff like that. Now, on the topic of taxation, I just said, I just, you know, I just explained, the government doesn't need our money. They don't need our money to spend anything. They create the money all the time anyway. It's not like they have to be like, oh, well, we'd love to, um, you know, we'd love to spend this much money but you know we haven't got enough tax revenue collected so you know when we have enough tax next week we'll do it that's not how it works they just spend it anyway the tax they worry about that later now taxation should be thought about as a means of controlling inflation so 
the fake smart people have been bashing the whole time they do have a bit of a point in the sense that in theory if there's too much of the money out there then inflation can't be adequately controlled so if the government is spending a lot of money so that means they're going to be they're going to be buffing to print more and more paper money as as opposed to well combined with the fact that they type in zeros on a you know on a computer people have to understand that a lot of the money we, the government creates is just zeros on a computer it's nothing to do with you know actually printing the money because obviously a lot of time we don't even spend paper money anyway so they only print paper money when there's a shortage or we need it but a lot of the time they just you know type zeros on a computer and that takes care of that now when you're thinking about taxation as a way of controlling inflation the way you have to think about taxation is that if the government spends let's say five billion and they're like you know they do their their tough maths and they're like you know what we need there's too much money out there we need to collect back from circulation so however you know in your account in your paper we need to collect back 70 percent or 60 percent of that to keep inflation at levels we want again they can collect even less of it depending on how you know how their inflationary tool so if they want inflation to be instead of two percent to be seven percent they'll collect even less of the money they've you know they've spent if they want it to be you know lower they'll collect more of the money they've spent obviously if they collected all of it back there'll be no money in the economy anyway and inflation will be at zero because nothing's changed but a lot of the time you have some levels of inflation because every government understands you can't collect all the money you've spent so we've spent five billion as we talked about earlier on um school supplies and schools and building new schools, paying teachers, etc., etc. Now we want to collect 50% of it, which is 2.5 billion. Now we're not collecting that money because we can't afford that 5 billion. I just told you about that. We can afford to spend 10 billion, 20 billion if we wanted. We're only collecting that money back because we want to control our levels of inflation. Yeah. So taxation has nothing to do with us spending the five billion in the first place. In fact, they don't even think about that when they spend the five billion because they don't need it. Again, the government literally wills money into existence, and I say that literally. That is what literally happens. Yeah. So if we want to collect back two point five billion, you know, from the from the public, so we don't, so we keep t- um, inflation levels at levels we want. How do we go about doing that? Obviously, we know not everyone has the same income, so we have to have. A progressive tax rate yeah so the people that have a lot of the money coming in we're going to take as much of that of the percentage of the 2.5 billion from them as possible because they have the most to give away that's where taxation comes in and that's where people start to argue about you know higher tax rates under rich which makes sense because they have a lot more of the money and obviously we have a lot of tax dodging going on stuff like that so even when they talk about Oh, the reason why we can't afford this and afford that is because billionaires are not paying their taxes. It's not really true. We can still afford those things despite the billionaires not paying their taxes. The only problem is if you want to control inflation, which every government wants to do, we'll have to be able to start collecting more of that money from poorer people because rich people hide their money where we can't reach them, theoretically speaking. So that's where the problem of taxation comes in. So rich people, we don't need their money. We don't need their taxes to run the country or run the government. We need it for a moral reason. Firstly, because they're hoarding the money, so they're not even using it. And it's just pointless. If you're going to keep hoarding money, you know, and having billions and billions and not spending it, it makes no sense. 
Because when we have to control inflation, we have to take it from the poor people where we can, you know, pay as you earn. We can take it even before they touch, before they see their money. The government has already, you know, <laughs> took the top off. Whereas rich people can, you know, they can collect their money now, pay their taxes five years later. You reach a settlement, declare this, declare that. You know, if we all did that, then the system would collapse. And that's, it's an issue of fairness. Yeah, it's not about maths or economics or unaffordability. It's an issue of fairness. If I have to pay my taxes before I even touch my money, why should you get to be able to keep it and five years later pay, you know, 2% rate while I'm paying, you know, 17, 20, 25%? And that's actually an argument for increasing taxes on the wealthy and reducing them on the poor. Now, that's another thing where the left wing kind of loses ground because when they say, oh, your taxes are going to go up, they go, yeah, well, we have to increase taxes when we spend them more. No, we don't. In fact, they can actually say we're going to be spending more and at the same time reducing taxes for poorer people. Because when we're thinking about the society we want, we want a society where everyone, no one's struggling or on like, you know, eight, nine thousand pounds. We want a middle income society where, you know, the minimum like is about 35, 40,000 pounds. So that means even up to, you know, 80, 90,000 pounds. I'm personally, that's per year, obviously, before tax. I'm personally not opposed to cutting taxes on those people. I think that's why Labour have said in their manifesto they're not going to raise taxes on anyone earning lower than £80,000. I think that's a good policy. Because we don't really need the money of people earning £50,000, you know, £40,000. That's good. That's why we want more people to be earning more like that. What we want to do is reduce the money of people at the very, very top. Because it's very stagnant money. You know, it's not flowing. They, they're hogging it almost. You know, when, you know those bullhogs when you used to play football and those people that just, you know, just hog it and it's just boring for everyone else because we, we can't all play. So the rationale or the argument for taxing those people is that, we're, you know, we're mixing, we're throwing the money back in the game, you know. When you're playing cards or something and um, all the cards, you're, you know, the deck starts to get higher and higher. You know, you remove the top one, you shuffle the rest and put it back away, isn't it? So everyone else can take it because it's about to run out. And there's no point having all those cards in the middle when, you know, it's just, you're just stacking cards on top of it. So I think that's a good analogy to explain that. So that's what taxation should be about. So now, when you have the conversation with your friends about affording policy, don't even let them mention taxation. Because taxation has nothing to do with spending. Like I said to you, when they talk about spending, they don't even think about taxation. Spending is thought of on just a level of either morality or just priority. So the Tories do a lot of spending, negative spending, which is tax cuts. So money they could be collecting, they don't want to collect it. Again, that's an investment in the economy. So if your normal tax rate will be, you know, 33% and the government says, you know what, this year we'll let you pay 15%. Keep the rest of the money. Go on holiday, you know, buy something nice for your kids. Christmas is coming up. That's a government investment in the economy. It's just not thought of that way. Technically, that's the government putting money into the economy and spending because that's money they would otherwise, otherwise have collected. That's a good thing. It's just like the Tories do it for people that don't deserve it. And if the Tories say we're going to cut taxes on everyone earning, you know, below 60,000 or 80,000, even 100,000 pounds, that's, that's good. I would support that. But it's when they say they're going to cut it for people earning 7 billion or 1 billion, they don't even need it. Those people have more than enough money, you know, to live 50, 20 lifetimes over. That's when you start to lose me. And that's where it's bad to cut taxes. 
So again, don't give in to that. If you're talking about, you know, voting Labour, you're trying to make the case for them. Don't give in to that right-wing notion that we can't afford. Because again, I'll give you an example. We afford stuff all the time. Don't you guys think it's funny how we can't afford all the things we actually need? So we have homelessness, we have child poverty, we have schools begging for money, we have, you know, social health crisis, we have people dying because they're homeless in the 21st century. I mean, imagine... A thousand years ago, you go back and and then you say to people, the world's going to be so de- developed that a country's going to be worth this many trillion, which is an, an amount. They, they probably haven't even heard of billion back then. But then you see people are going to be dying because they're sleeping out on the streets. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they'll be able to believe you. They'll be like, what are you talking about? Because how can a country be so wealthy, but people are sleeping on the streets? So I think even on a moral level, when people say to you, or Labour's policy, you know, Labour's too ambitious, we can't afford this, we can't afford that. First of all, you know, they're chatting shit, because I just told you they're chatting shit. It's complete nonsense. But secondly, you have to ask them, if we can't afford to, you know, make sure people are not sleeping in the streets in the freezing cold and dying, if we can't afford to make sure that children, I mean, children are in poverty, that's like <laughs> cartoonishly evil stuff. Children that have nothing to do with anything. They're just born into the world, you know, innocent people minding their business, and they're in poverty. I mean, what kind of depraved lifestyle is that? So we have people, children in poverty. We have schools begging for money. We have homelessness. We have social care crisis. We have, um, what else do you have? NHS not being funded. So you have to ask them, what are we spending all our money on then? If we can't afford the basic humanity. You know, they say there's no money, there's no money. Imagine, you know, you have a husband or you have a girlfriend or whatever. You're living together. You ask your husband or your boyfriend, oh, have we got, um, the rent is due, have you got money for that? Oh, no, I don't. He, he goes to work five days a week, 40 hours. Have you got money for rent? Oh, no, I don't. Oh, the kids need something for school, have you got money for that? No, I don't. Oh, the, um, the utility bills is due, have you got money for that? No. Oh, I'm, we're hungry, we need some food. Have you got money for that? No. Do you have to ask him, what are you spending your money on if it's not all the things we actually need? Like, all the things we actually need and require as moral beings, we don't have. Or we can't afford, they keep telling us. So what are we, like, where's the money going? We need an accountant. You know, let's bomb um, Syria tomorrow. We have money for that. Let's bomb, um, let's do regime change in Iraq, which nobody wants and everyone voted for. We have money for that. Let's steal another country's oil. We have money for that. Let's spend money on a BS ad campaign for Brexit. We have money for that. Let's give the monarchy, who are like, I don't even, they don't even work. Let's give them three hundred million pounds to fix a building that like ten people live in and no one goes to. We have money for that. So how do we have money for all these things? I mean, even like you have to ask yourself: Am I getting played? Because you are. How do we have money for all these things that no one even wants, but we haven't got the money for the things we actually all want? Ask yourself that question. On top of the you know the actual logical stuff I've just explained to you about how government is funded. They're lying to you, my friends. Labour wants to spend this money. And that's another thing I have to say about this whole situation. Labour are falling into the trap of saying, oh, our, bu- our budget is deficit neutral. Now, I'm going to explain quickly what deficits mean. So, everyone, because everyone's probably getting confused about that. What does that mean? It's deficit neutral. What does that mean? Blah, blah. So, a budget being deficit neutral means that the government is spending exactly the amount it plans to collect in taxes, which almost literally never happens. It's a made-up thing. But what you notice is that 
The budgets are never net deficit neutral. So it's a stupid question. Like all those people asking, which is again why I have so much contempt for the media because they know what they're doing. They know it's not possible and they know no one does it. But interestingly, again, they never asked that question of right wing stuff. So when we had to, no, we didn't have to, but when we stupidly bailed out the banks, again, these people claim they don't want any socialism, but somehow when they ran their business into the ground, they came running to the big daddy government to, to help them out. Funny that. Whereas when we say, can we help out the homeless people? Well, they need to get a job, you know, if you can't afford it, then, you know, that's your own problem, apparently. But those people at the top that are making millions and millions, somehow the government can give them money. Now, the banking crisis happened because of, um, I'm not going to get into exactly why, subprime lending, basically selling people fake mortgages that have no value. You know, the US spent, I think it's over one trillion in a bailout package for the banks. Just They just invented one trillion, just like that, out of thin air. And that was our, our good friend, Black Jesus Obama, Woke Bay, apparently. They just invented one billion pounds out of thin air. In fact, there was a documentary on the BBC that said about when the whole situation happened and they saw the stock market just collapsing because of it, they had like an emergency government government meeting and they were like, okay, we're going to have to, you know, give them 50 billion pounds. Just straight off the top, no questions asked, 50 billion to stabilise. 50 billion pounds. Bear in mind, it will probably cost about 15, 10, 15 billion pounds to to make sure everyone in the UK has a home. So regardless of income, if you can afford it, if you can't, so obviously people have to, can afford to keep on paying their mortgages. They don't really need it. That's fine. But if you're, if you're homeless, we'll just give you a home. They do that in many other countries. Not many, but quite a few. With success. Because homeless people need a home. You know, after you not have a home in the 21st in any century, really. They literally invented, my friends, they invented one trillion with a T. I'm going to link to the article in the um, description. How come you didn't think it was funny how no one ever asked how we're going to pay for that? Because they know how we pay for it. The money is invented. I just explained to you how it works. So they all know how it works. That's why they don't ask it of nonsense right-wing policies like bailing out fraudulent bankers that should be in prison. They know how the cake is baked. They know how it works. So when you, and I'm hoping I say you, a lot of us, that don't have any money and need all this government funding, when we start to ask ourselves, Questions like, how are we going to pay for it? We're basically shooting ourselves in the foot. They're laughing at us. They're like, look at these fools. Because we're fighting amongst ourselves for stuff that they already know how it works. It's a self-defeating argument. It's, like, it's, it's an own goal. We're playing ourselves. You know what DJ Khaled said? You played yourself. Yeah? We're, we're playing ourselves. Stop playing yourself. They invented one trillion. Just like that. Give to the banks. In this country, they did 50 billion and then they did, I think it was all like all, all close to 500 billion. That's like half of, you know, the money they spend in a lifetime of parliament. No one asked them, where are you going to get that money from? How can we afford that? Even though they were spending it for a stupid thing. But we can afford it. Of course we can. That's why I just explained to you. So another article that said, since 2001, the US has spent 6.4 trillion on the Iraq war. I mean, just... Think about that. Bear in mind, this country, the UK, has a GDP of about 6.5 trillion. <laughs> so in about 20 years or 19 years, they spent the GDP of the sixth richest country in the world on a stupid war 
for oil that only benefits, you know, oil companies and is misery for everyone else. For the Iraqi people, first of all, who the worst crime of this century so far was committed against and the people of Afghanistan and the millions of... I don't even say civilians because even the soldiers are innocent. If you start a war against a country that's not fighting you, you don't get to only fight the soldiers. Everyone's innocent. The soldiers, the civilians, the president. You know, obviously, we have to talk about you know the US and the UK soldiers. I don't have much sympathy for them because they're the one committing the crime. But, you know, they're humans too. So I'll throw them in there as well. About, what, 5,000, 6,000 have um, lost their lives? Countless number of injured people committing suicide every day because of, you know, when you shoot people for no reason, you don't feel so good about it later on. It tends to happen that way. We spent so much money on this. I imagine if we, we, we mock the US all the time, they don't have universal health care, they don't have this, they don't have that. Imagine if they've been investing in universal health care or like green energy or trains or something. 6.4 trillion. Do you know, like, do you know, it, that's hard to comprehend how much money that is. Like, Apple's barely worth 1 trillion, and that's like the most profitable. Think about how many iPhones you see around these days. That's like five, six times the worth of Apple, which is like the biggest company in the world or something. Can you imagine how much money that is? And no one has ever asked, are we, we're still there. We're, we haven't even left yet. That's what's crazy about it. We've spent so much money, wasted so much, committed many, many war crimes, many, 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 many war crimes, murdered countless number of people for no reason, and we're still spending the money. In fact, in this election season, have you actually heard one person say, we should leave Iraq, we should leave Afghanistan. Can you imagine that? We're spending million, well, billions, really. And Americans have spent trillions. We've probably spent billions on a war no one wants for no reason other than probably to benefit a few oil companies and to, you know, do some more nice Western imperialism. And no one has ever asked how we're going to pay for it. We're still doing it now. So I promise you, if you look into the recent financial year budget i'm sure your budget's probably 15 20 billion maybe you can maybe less than that. maybe about 10 15 billion i'll find out the exact amount let me actually google it now see if i can find out sorry googling on the fly not very professional so it says right here oh it says from 2003 to 2009 the uk spent 8.4 billion on the Iraq war. They said up to 2010, they spent 20 billion. So obviously, add nine more years, they probably spent maybe 35, 30 million. That's no billion, that's with a B, sorry. So about, let's just say 40 billion. 40 billion pounds. Like I said, homelessness to eradicate. In the US, it will cost 20 billion to eradicate homelessness. So in this country, which is like, a fifth of the size, it probably costs like five, six billion, maybe even less than that. That's that's not even, you know, a fifth of what we spend on the war that no one wanted. And we're still there. You see what I'm saying to you guys? They don't care about us. This is why I have so much contempt for the media. All I just explained to you, everyone knows how this is this works. This is not like a left-wing opinion or you know, this is facts. This is how government works every day. All this money we talked about for the Iraq war, that's how they fund it. Oh, should we, you know, do some racist imperialism in Iraq? Okay, let's do that. Let's vote on it in, you know, in the parliament. Okay, we have enough votes. We're going to go to war. Next day, the money starts being appropriated. That's how the 
that's how they agreed to spend that money. They didn't have to find it from somewhere. They didn't have to, you know, do some 3D chess of taxation and all that. They didn't need any of that. They just did it. And the same way we did that, we can do for homelessness, we can do for the NHS, we can do for housing, we can do for education. So don't be fooled. Yeah, I, I'm saying this because I, get, I, I feel like I pull my hair out when I see politicians when the stupid BBC is asking them fake questions like, well, how are you going to pay for that? When they know full well how we pay for stuff. They know how government is funded. It's just a stupid question. In fact, what they should be saying is, if you've, been working in, if you've been working in politics, political analysis or whatever you call yourself, for this many years and you don't know how government is funded, I'm not going to waste my time with you. So I hope this is very informative in you know, letting you guys know how the cake is baked. So next time someone asks you a stupid question, and again, stupid because they don't know. So I shouldn't call it stupid, really. It's not their fault. I had a conversation about this with my friend the other day. And, you know, the society is almost like the oxygen we breathe is right wing. You know, people literally, they don't even want nice things. You know, and that's what, you know, the, the, the right wingers and the fake, you know, a lot of people that go to uni, oh, I'm centrist because I don't believe, you know, both sides, you know. Oh, you shut your stupid, dirty mouth. There's no both sides in it. The left want everyone to have nice things. The right wants basically to kill everyone else. That's not why it's an area. There's no correlation. There's no comparison. I was going to name drop someone there, but I'm not going to do that to her. Just in case this blows and she starts getting harassed. But hopefully she listens to this and knows herself. I'm explaining it in the best way I can. If you have any questions, you can hit me up. I'll be glad to clarify that for you. But from now on, I hope after anyone listens to this, they can stop buying into that bs question i mean i was going to touch on university feeds as well but i mean there's no point because i just explained to you the bigger picture of everything so this applies to uni fees etc i mean uni fees are even much easier because we already have free primary and secondary school education how come no one asks how we're going to pay for that which is again why i get so frustrated you can see this question when you think about it the way i've thought about it this question is a made-up right-wing thing to basically say we can't have any progress so if we can afford, afford to have free roads, how come no one asks how we're going to pay for that? You notice they never ask how we're going to pay for stuff we already have, just stuff we don't have. So somehow all the stuff we have, we can easily afford. But anything we don't have, we can't, we can't afford that. We can only have what we have now and forevermore. And maybe we have less of that because we can't afford to have what we have now. So the Tories tell us. So that's how that goes. So you hear about, oh, but you know, I just feel like free uni is just so unrealistic because you know how are we gonna pay for it it's just oh my god the tories that put the money on it it was free when they went how did they pay for it so don't ask yourself when someone asks you how are we gonna pay for something just ask them how we're paying for stuff we have now and you see they have no answer because they don't care no one thinks about that they only think about it when they want to delegitimize de or some people are just clueless to be fair because again the media does such a horrible job of painting a totally right-wing perspective about these things that a lot of ordinary people don't see the absurdity in what they're asking. They will only ask how we can pay for stuff we want to have, but not stuff we already have. So the friend I was talking to recently, he was asking me, yeah, but you know, I want to know the details. He literally said to me, he was like, I know uni was free before, because we've had this conversation before, he was like, I know uni was free before, but yeah, how are they going to do it now? You know, what's the details? What's the? I, I don't know if he wanted some kind of, 
you know, some treasury, some Bank of England employee to explain to him exactly, you know, how we put the money in this account and how we have government account and a student account. And I don't know what he wanted exactly, but he never asked how we're going to pay for private school, primary school or secondary school. Again, that didn't concern him for some reason. Because we already have that, he just, I don't know, we always have it. But stuff that we don't have, that we literally had 20 years ago, we can't have that anymore. I feel like the centrists, and no, I hate that position as well. There's no such thing as a centrist. They're right-wingers. But you you get that a lot. I wrote a blog about this as well. A lot of people that go to uni, like I said, they're fake woke and they think they're smart. Start talking about, oh, how are we gonna, I'm just a centrist, so how are we going to pay for that? You know, We can't afford that, we can't afford that. Basically, their political ambition is we can't have nice things. Anything nice, we can't have it. Can we have a four-day work? We now we can't have that. Can we have um, more money, please? Now we can't have that. Can we have um, no homelessness? No, no, we can't have that. What do, you, what do you mean? Are you crazy? Want to end homelessness? Don't be stupid. We have to have that. Can we have um, children not being in poverty? No, no, no. They don't work. They deserve it. You know, they had it coming. Can we have um, old people not freezing to death in their homes? No, no, we can't have that. They're old anyway. They're going to die soon. It seems to me that's their logic. But all the things they had for free, they don't care about how we pay for that. Isn't that weird how that works? So I want to stop ranting on now. And I hope this has been a very informative blog. Blog? No. Podcast. You know, to educate you about the economics of how these things work. Because again, I'm here sitting in my tiny box room explaining these things to you. If I know it, you know damn well the media does. You know you know the BBC with their vast resources and stuff. They know how this works. But they won't tell you because they don't want you to know as well. Because again, imagine if everyone else thought like me. Not to be arrogant or anything. I didn't come up with this. But imagine if everyone else knew that that whole question was BS. It would then become about priority. So someone would be able to stand in Boris Johnson's face and be like, so you don't, you're defunding the NHS on a purpose, which is what they're doing. So you're defunding public schools on a purpose. So it's on purpose that we have homelessness. Because we have homelessness because they're defunding social housing so they can make way for renting, which has gone up astronomically, and everyone knows that. So they would find it so much harder to answer these questions because it's a question of morality. It has nothing to do with affordability. It's about morality. It's the economy stupid. It's the morality stupid. That came from Bill Clinton, by the way. I'm not insulting anyone. I don't know if you guys know that. But they will be completely boxed in with these things. And that's why the media refuses to discuss it this way. I mean, again, this is not like a left-wing thing, I'm telling you. This is how it works. This is facts. But they won't tell you these facts. They'll be asking the question, how are you going to pay for it? As though there's some kind of kindergarten child that doesn't know how government works. Even though a lot of them have been former MPs. A lot of them are MPs. Not even MPs lie to you and tell you, Oh, we know we need the money. We haven't got the tight in our belt and all that nonsense. So I hope this was very informative. Like I said, if anyone has any questions or anything they want me to clarify, I will be very happy to do that because I genuinely just want people to know about this. Like, I'm not doing this for any other reason. No fame, not fame. What am I talking about? <laughs> like a rapper or something. I just want people to know about these things so they can ask the right questions. Now, if you want to talk about should we be funding you know, more trains or should we be funding, you know, electric vehicles? That's a debate we can have. But it's not a debate about if we can afford either thing. The debate should be about strategy. If we're funding the right thing, if we're funding stuff that's helping the most amount of people, etc., etc., and not about cost. Cost is never 
And I repeat the word never to a currency sovereign government like the UK, Nigeria, even Nigeria, for example, the US, you know, if you're a currency sovereign, which most countries are, cost is not a problem for you. I hope I made that as clear as possible. And on that note, I'm going to wrap it up. I'm just coming up to an hour now, so I think that's a good length for the first podcast. I didn't want to make it too long so as not to bore people, but I wanted to explain it in as much detail as possible. I don't just want to leave you with talking points and just, you know, ideology arguments. This is not a debate about opinions and stuff like that. This is factually what happens all the time. So this is not, oh, this is a left-wing opinion. It's nothing of the sort. It's facts, and they know it's facts, but they're just refusing to tell people. So I feel like I just... Because every time I want to have this debate with people, I get so frustrated because they're debating stuff that is completely irrelevant. And I don't feel like that's very helpful to the political process in general, really. So... I hope you enjoy that and I'm going to leave it there. Thanks for listening.